Hi, I'm Kate Botello, your host of Classical Sprouts. If you love this podcast, please donate to help Sprouts continue to grow. Go to classicalsprouts.org slash donate. Thanks. We're going into the garden, off to sea, and into lush green fields with composer Amy Beach. We'll learn about her life, listen to her music, and go on a nature journey today on... Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm Kate Botello, and today we're going to talk about American composer... Amy Beach. But first, let's start with a Quizlet question. Amy Beach was born in Henniker, New Hampshire, and spent a lot of her summers as an adult composing in Peterborough, New Hampshire. So our question today is, you guessed it, about New Hampshire. What is the state fruit of New Hampshire? We've talked about state birds before on Sprouts, but this time we're asking about the state fruit what is the state fruit of New Hampshire? We'll give you a hint along the way, so stick around for the end of the show, and we'll tell you the answer. Hey, Sprouts, Kate here. Today, we're going to talk about the amazing American composer and pianist, Amy Beach, who wrote for piano, strings, choirs, and even whole symphonies. She was a part of a group of composers in Boston and was one of the first American composers to be fully musically trained in the United States instead of traveling to Europe to study music. Now, this was a big deal because she was one of the first women to have public performances and publications of her compositions. She was also the first woman to have a symphony performed by a major orchestra, and her music was widely performed in both the U.S. and in Europe, which wasn't common at the time either. Amy Beach was really a trailblazer, so let's go back to the start of that path to see how she got there. Amy Marcy Cheney was born in 1867 in Henniker, New Hampshire, a small town with lots of woodlands and lakes. Her mother was a pianist and was her first music teacher. Amy was considered a prodigy because even before she was two years old, she was already singing and harmonizing. And by the time she turned four years old, she was already playing the piano and starting to compose. Wow! She was performing her compositions publicly by the time she was 16 years old. But then when she got married, Amy's husband didn't want her to take composition lessons anymore. How rude! But, being the smarty that she was, she found as many books about music and composing that she could and read all about it to keep her skills up. She even translated some books by the composer Hector Berlioz in French into English so she could learn even more. Très bien, Amy! Amy's husband was quite a bit older than she was, so by the time he died, she still had a whole career ahead of her. Up until that point, she had been going by the name Mrs. H.H.A. Beach, but when her husband died, she changed her name to Amy Beach and started writing and performing again. 
She became a part of what's known as the Boston Six. That was a group of composers who all contributed to the music scene in New England, and most of whom taught at music programs at colleges. She was the youngest member and the only woman. Okay, now that we know a little bit more about her, let's listen to some of Amy Beach's music. At the time that Amy Beach was composing, writing dainty pieces for solo piano was seen as proper for ladies who wrote music. Because where were the pianos? At home. Where were the gardens? At home. And at that time, where were the women supposed to be? At home. Even so, the music that came out of this was still pretty great, so let's take a walk around the garden to meet some of the plants and animals that Amy surrounded herself with. What's that you hear? Perhaps a bird? Why, it must be our friend the robin. Oh, but just then, a hummingbird flutters by. Listen to how fast its wings are flapping. It flits over to some flowers to get a little snack, which is where we meet the morning glories opening up to greet the sun. But when a chipmunk scurries by, we look down to the ground and follow the chipmunk as it runs up a tree. We notice that it's a birch tree standing tall, leaves swaying in the breeze. We lose track of the chipmunk in the birch, the breeze dies down, and we look out upon the still waters of the little pond. Waters won't be still for long, because after the break, we're going on a sea voyage on rough waters as Amy Beach breaks away from society's respectable dainty garden piano music and writes a whole symphony. During the break, head on over to our Instagram, at Classical Sprouts, and give us a follow. We share things there that we don't cover on the podcast, so make sure to check it out. 
You can also find more Amy Beach content on our website at classicalsprouts.org, so be sure to check us out there as well. Stick around, Sprouts. We'll see you after the break. Hi, I'm Keith Brown, and I'm the host of Gameplay. Every week on the show, I celebrate the amazing world of video game music with everything from beloved classics to brand new soundtracks. You can stream episodes at our website, GameplayShow.org. I hope you'll join me for this adventure. At the beginning of the episode, I asked you what the state fruit of New Hampshire is, the state where Amy Beach was born. Now, here's a hint. It's orange, but it isn't an orange, and contains about 500 seeds per individual fruit. Hmm. Any guesses? Stick around for the end of the show. We'll tell you the answer. Welcome back, Sprouts. Before the break, we talked about how Amy Beach started out as a composer and how her career took off. She wrote lots of music that was okay for women to write at the time because it could be performed privately, like at home or in a church, like choral music. chamber music, and pieces for solo piano, which we listened to as we explored a New England garden. But in 1894, Amy Beach wrote a symphony. breaking away from what was seen as proper for female musicians at the time because it meant a big crowd, lots of men, and people paying to listen to music in public. Horrors! Amy Beach's Gaelic Symphony was written to honor her heritage of the British Isles. A little bit for context here, the British Isles consists of the islands that make up Great Britain, Ireland, the Isle of Man, the Northern Isles, and a bunch of other islands close by. The term Gaelic is an adjective that refers to the languages spoken by the Gaels, or the people of Ireland, Scotland, Isle of Man, and parts of Canada. You may have also heard the term Celtic, kind of like the Boston Celtics, but not really. A Celtic refers to a cultural identity from that same region where Gaelic refers to language. So Celtic, identity, Gaelic language. Okay, and the musical traditions of these islands and countries has a rich history of folk melodies, jigs, and reels, some of which Amy Beach used in her Gaelic symphony. So let's get into it.
The Gaelic Symphony has four movements. We start out on a pretty scary boat ride on a swirling sea with heavy wind and waves. The water calms, and we hear an Irish melody pass between some of the wind instruments. Happy to be out of the storm, we go out into the second movement. plays an Irish tune. Joy builds throughout the orchestra, including other Gaelic musical themes. The third movement is made up of two sections, each with its own Irish theme. The first is played by a violin. And the second tune is played by a cello. Both melodies are meant to make you think of memories and things that have happened that maybe you miss a little bit. And as you listen, Think back on some memories of your own. The fourth and final movement of Amy Beach's Gaelic Symphony was written in honor of the Celtic people. As she puts it, their sturdy daily life, their passions and battles. 
How did she represent this in the music? Listen to this. wraps up this grand symphony with a stately finish. Sprouts, the symphony might be over, but our time together today is not yet. We've got a Quizlet to answer. At the beginning of the episode, I asked you what the state fruit of Amy Beach's home state, New Hampshire, is, and I told you that it was orange and it had 500 seeds in it. I'll give you another hint. It's very closely tied to an autumn holiday and sometimes has a face. You think you know? The answer is desk roll, please. The pumpkin. In fact, a class of fourth graders from Harrisville, New Hampshire, in 2006 went to the New Hampshire State House and petitioned the state fruit to be the pumpkin, and they won. Way to go, fourth graders. So... Just like Amy Beach and these awesome fourth graders, if you feel strongly about something, you should put time and effort into making sure it happens. Alrighty, Sprouts, thank you so much for listening to the music of Amy Beach with me today in the garden, on the water, and throughout the fields of Ireland, and in the symphony hall. Be sure to follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you always know when a new episode's available and so more Sprouts like you can find out about us. We also have a playlist of some of our favorite Amy Beach pieces so you can listen to more than what we covered in today's episode. This episode was written and produced by Emily Duncan Wilson with support from Amanda Sewell. Our digital content manager is Casey Brown. I'm Kate Patello. I'm going to fly out of here like a bird. <laughs>